It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. to the Challenge USA wrap-up podcast for episode two. I am Brian Cohn. With me, as always, is my co-host, Ayla Asher. Ali, how are you? It's it's weird. Uh, while, while the Thursday-Sunday schedule does make the sort of TBC ending of Thursday's episode more palatable, uh, not used to two podcasts in a week for no, the challenge. Yeah, it's very much Big Brother style. It's like, all right, where are the live feeds? Can we uh, see what the aftermath was of this elimination win? Let's get cut to it. Feels a little too soon, uh, <laughs> given the last week to be calling for for live feeds. For sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But here we are. <laughs> Great. Two, I thought a very, I didn't realize it was a two-part premiere, but I guess that's what they're calling it. And I thought it was fantastic. Really good stuff. Especially this episode, a lot of a lot of entertaining uh, challenges, uh, gameplay, conversations. I feel like we're in a really good spot this season. Yeah, and consistent with all of our challenge coverage, you know, we find out that we're immediately wrong about almost everything we speculated on uh, in the first half. <laughs> yeah, most of which, obviously, we'll get gets to it later on this the second part of this episode. But the fact that it could just be all women's eliminations, it could just be all of that for the entire season. Um, you know, I'm sure that'll make Matt Lagory very happy. Uh, so we could just be seeing that all the way through. Um, before we jump in, because like I agree, I mean, you did uh spoil that. Uh, oh my god, my brain broke. I was gonna say that you like this episode in text, yes. <laughs> so I do know that. <laughs> but like, and and I will, uh, you know, I saved my reaction for the podcast. You're welcome, listeners. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I think like once we got the first elimination out of the way, because I just don't love an episode that begins where the other one left off. It's just yep. it's just me, not for me. Um, but like once we got through a full cycle of daily and second elimination, I was like, all right, this flows well i'm excited for this format you know the, the preview for the next week maybe or for later in the season suggests we're not going to have it for even as long as we could have it in the in the team format but I, I like where we're going yeah i mean i think the concern we talked about last week was this is this going to be a typical veteran steamroll are they going to like run things if everyone's going to kind of fall in line and that certainly is not the case uh, based off the decisions that were made and how everyone fell in line the other way. So I think that opens things up to a lot of different directions, how this can go. And I think Tori goes to show that even if they wanted to steamroll the vets the other way, it is certainly not going to be easy to get them all out. So I think that's going to be a very interesting dynamic to see which of the vets can try to, you know, create some footholds for themselves to try to save themselves. So I think that's going to be very, very fun to watch. Yeah, one thing I don't think we caught in the first episode in terms of the team makeups, uh, sort of 
becomes very important here, as as you're saying, in terms of the green team being able to sort of stage a coup against their two veterans, really their one veteran who's in bed with the veterans when mm-hmm. Amanda's sort of rogue, is it's the only team that doesn't have anybody else who's a true veteran of the challenge. Mm-hmm. Whereas blue team has Fessel, um, and the red team has Josh and Polly and Michelle, in addition to uh Bananas and John A. I mean, the red team is all veterans except for a couple of rookies. Um, so I do think that has to add to the green team's ability to sort of stage the coup. And also they become the clear target of the very obvious purple alliance of the red and blue teams. So they have really nothing to lose. So it's the most the most interesting outcome happens this week with the green team winning. But before I guess we get to that, we should go back and just wrap up. Sorry to Amira wrap up her uh exit yeah so i mean we discussed last week our last episode the it was 12 men that got balls only four women but the 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 women balls are more powerful hashtag feminism they uh push through and the michelle ball gets picked uh so it's michelle versus amira uh in slam dunked um the ball budget way out of control <laughs> this season on every elimination i guess that's the theme i know tj said riskiness is the theme but it, it's balls that's that's the theme of uh of eliminations in the hopper because here they have 1500 of them in each of these tanks um and then you get systematically dropped in and pulled out and you have to uh knock out as many as you can between the uh, 15 trips <sighs> i almost like this elimination and i didn't dislike it but I do think it should have been, you've got to get all the balls out. It should have been more of like an endurance challenge, some way to differentiate yourself. Again, less basically luck would be great if, if these things were not based on chips. Like, I feel like it was a real flip of a coin between Michelle and Amira here. Yeah, especially if maybe their concern was like, this might take a while. and We don't want to like hurt them by or like make them like, I don't, I don't know, like by going back and forth so many times they were trying to protect them. But the fact that they... That's so close. Like each of them were probably what two or three trips, maybe from finishing. Although I guess the last like half dozen balls would probably take it the longest if they're the most spread out. But I would have loved to see that of like, oh, Michelle has like four left. Amira has got seven left. Like, who, like that would have been very dramatic. Then it just Michelle winning by eighteen. Um, I don't know why they did the fifteen times max, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I would have much rather been get all fifteen hundred out, and that's how you win. I mean, even if it's. 15 dunks and then you're automatically unclipped and the rest you can you can splash your way mm-hmm. like you have to get them out physically like some sort of like actual challenge like i believe it was physically grueling to get dunked back and forth like that but it didn't feel like a real competition as much as it felt like mostly luck yeah it was also odd that they shouted out this is the last time i feel like that like the one of the advantages to when you're doing it is to know like how many more you have left. I was surprised they were like, all right, this is the last one. Get as many as you can now. Uh, but yeah, other than, again, like if you had to get it all out, then that would play it a lot better. But I, I did like the structure overall. I think this was a fun, different type of, uh, they, they've done this similar type thing where, but a lot of the times it's like you have like a wall and you have to knock things out from your opponent's wall. They've never done it like, you know, separate tanks with all these balls and stuff like that. So I, I did like this spin on this type of elimination. Um. I also really thought Michelle was going to be in trouble because, you know, we spoke uh, last time that Amira and Lewis, like we, we hardly knew you. And like, if either one of them went home, they really didn't get a shot here. 
with all of the focus on Michelle in part one and then her ball getting selected against the odds, literally, I was like, oh, no, like mm-hmm. the, the worst outcome here. No disrespect to Amira is Michelle goes home first. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes these early eliminations are like easily be spoilable because there was a clip the challenge put out of like Michelle and Amanda going at like they basically show like tease this clip of uh, Amanda and Michelle fighting. So it's like, oh, well, we haven't really seen that yet. So I guess Michelle has to win. So that kind of took a little of the steam out of it for me, which I'm sure it did probably for a lot of people if they saw that clip uh, popping around Twitter. So that was a little bit of a buzzkill. But uh, other than that, I'd much rather have Michelle in the game. She brings a lot more to it than Amira, clearly. Um, we find out that not only did does Michelle get to stay to fight all of the demons who voted her in, mm-hmm. but she's going to get a reward. And that, uh, again, some clarity from last time, TJ emphasizes to the crowd that it's going to be one man and one woman winning in the final getting paid. So that clears up any speculation on them not knowing at least the end result, if not mm-hmm. how we get there structurally. But Michelle's going to get the option to defect to another team, uh, which yep. we have seen before in the challenge proper. Mm-hmm. Even the winning team, she can she can break into the blue team and steal a space. Now, my question is, could she just decide to fill Amira's space? So she could, but I, I still think she would have to swap with someone. I think TJ made it clear, like, if you join someone's team, someone from that team is swapping to your team. Yeah, but she should be able to stand in and 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 neuter her own team and make them go Amanda. Like I get why they don't, but yeah. you know, come yeah. on. But I mean, you kind of, you sort of clocked this last last episode. You said like maybe this is the fact that all the balls are the same color. Um, this kind of points to like there could be some mixing and matching of these teams, and this kind of points to that of people be, being willing to jump ship. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's fun. It's a fun little twist. I th- obviously, like you said, they've done it before. I feel like this season doesn't add much credence to it that much. I'm curious to see how many times it plays out, but it, it, this, it doesn't seem as clear of like, oh, there would be a, a exact reason to swap teams because you could still be going in no matter what almost, or it could be saved no matter what anyway. So I don't know how much, even if you're in total hot water within your team, swapping doesn't necessarily even save you that much than it is if there was like a two-team environment. Yeah, I'm trying to think if, like, if if there's some sort of, like, if the veterans want to join Red and form, like, a vet super team so they can be controlling the vote when Red wins. Uh, And I don't know otherwise. I mean, Mm -hmm. we'll see how it plays out. Um, I mean, we have to really see how it's going to go to individuals or how... uh, one man and one woman. I mean, in theory, there could be a team final that only one man and one woman wins. I don't know. We haven't seen that where you like run as a team and then there's another challenge mm-hmm. just for the winning team. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but I'm I'm excited about it. I like the little intrigue. I mean, spoiler alert, we don't see either winning female decide to, to swap, but yep. I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm curious if and when we see someone, like what the real reason is and like why they're going to that team. I think, yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I like there's something else. I mean, it's fun to just add an extra thing to it that's not totally game disrupting and stupid. So uh, I'm on board with, you know, if people want to, you know, abandon their team and, and do whatever, I think it adds an extra layer of fun to the game. So I'm totally on board with that. It doesn't take much away from it. 
I mean, if someone's really gunning for you, a la what you know you said about Josh with Polly, do you join their team so that yeah. when they win, they can't vote you out and they have to take a hit at their own team? Now Amanda's crazy enough to take a hit at her own, yep. a shot at her own team, but uh, maybe that's sort of a tool in the arsenal too. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. That'd be fun to see. Uh, very funny that John A. So John A. is obviously the one that flipped. We don't know if it was actually her ball that pulled uh, Michelle into elimination, but it certainly didn't help the cause. But uh, John A. was the f- when they got back in the house, she was like the first one to go in for a hug to congratulate Michelle. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, tried John A. trying to save face a little bit to get ahead of the curve of what's what's to come, but it didn't help. But she was trying to get ahead of it with a with a nice little hug. Yeah, I, I mean, we see it fail. But it's not enough. I mean, I think Chanel is somebody who we see get most of the credit for sort of sussing out. John A must have flipped. But it's just like Survivor, right? If you're lying about where your vote goes and there's just a very small number of people voting and your vote gets exposed, mm-hmm. it's it's tough to get out of. Like, I'm curious to see what happens with Tiffany uh, for sort of not voting with her alliance. Like, those are easy ways to especially in the early game show that you're not with your team. You're not with your allies. I don't think the juice was worth the squeeze. Obviously that's results oriented, but I don't think flipping on your team over just sort of a neutral person that you're not working with is, is really worth it for either the women who do it in the, in both votes. Yeah. I almost, I almost feel like Johnny should have coordinated this better with Wes, even like if she was going to flip to vote for red, I feel like she should have coordinated to have Wes vote for someone in green. That way it would have evened out the votes and like Wes could have still voted for a green, a green woman if he wanted like to get this the heat off of him too. And that way it puts it a little bit more in disguise by just having John a flip. It sticks out like a sore thumb when red had their team meeting, like, Oh, someone, someone flipped on us. But if it was one person flipping from each side, it blends out and you can't even tell. Yeah. It's a really good point. Um, I do wonder what Wes's reaction would have been to it, right? Because I do want to hear Wes's side of John A's soundbite saying, and I fully believe it, that like Wes said, don't trust Michelle. Wes's style isn't really throw a rogue vote against your own team member who happens to be a veteran in the challenge world week one. I'm not saying he wouldn't have done it and it definitely should have been talked about, but I could also see a world where they talked about this plan and Wes was like, I don't know that that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Wes, I'm sure, also says a lot of things about a lot of people in the pregame. So this could have just been one of a thousand things he said. So <laughs> this is just the one thing that really stuck with John. I. Um, but Bananas did answer your question from last week on, you know, how many people would figure out that math that it meant a red person flipped on a red. Mm-hmm. And he says, you don't have to be Copernicus to do the math. <laughs> so I guess it was top of mind for, for the red team. <laughs> I guess so. I guess I wasn't giving them enough credit to focus on one of the only things to focus on in, in this house. So good on them for catching that someone on red uh, did flip uh, to, to themselves. Well, better to focus on strategy than focus on a one-sided uh, fight that nobody understands. Cause I, I have to come for Amanda's wig here. And like, we get just this obsession with how much she hates Michelle, a little bit Tori also, but mostly Michelle. Mm-hmm. And, and keep me honest here. Cause I don't remember anything, but, I feel like Amanda's hatred for people or willingness to speak out and be the devil and be, you know, crazy felt like it was often either like 
she had the right enemies, right? Like against mm-hmm. Zach, like you gotta be great, great enemy. enemy. Zach. Great enemy. Or it felt like out of it was coming from a good place of like her allegiance to the lavender ladies, or like she has her solid crew, and so she'll go to battle for those people. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying she's never just lashed out on someone for no reason, but like here, this obsession with Michelle, which being based on anger towards Fessy, like misdirected anger towards the situation with Fessel is just looks terrible for her in my opinion yeah. and she needs to get off this drum like she needs to stop beating this drum yeah now this felt very either she either she is still very much hung up on this from like a couple of years ago now at this point like like move on or this i think the more likely scenario is this felt very forced and very uh trying to cre- live into the character that amanda has created for herself it's like oh i'm on this new cbs show i need to show why i'm the devil i'm gonna pop out of the first chance i get at someone and michelle's just gonna get my heat here and i'm just gonna live into the play into the character that the show was creating for me this felt very inauthentic from amanda and that's typically not her style usually like you said when she's going at someone there is sometimes you know to the extreme, but there is reason you can squint your eyes and understand where she's coming from here. This was like, Amanda, like save this energy for where it should go or to a more desired place. Like the way Tori talks about Amanda, even in confessionals, like she should get the wrath. Obviously she's been doing that a lot more on Twitter. Maybe that's why, but Michelle is not focused on her the way someone like Tori is. So I hope this uh, misdirection gets, gets reallocated to where it should go. Yeah, no, it's it's giving Gus, Gus and yes. Josh, like very, very that. And yeah, maybe that is it, that it's not like Amanda's fights have come from some like moral high ground, but it's the authenticity piece. And yeah. that is like, you know, at my worst day with my best friend, I could see, <laughs> I could see getting that hot over it in the game for money. Now then she makes this sort of disconnected, uh, I don't know, justification, like, I'm here for my son and I'm literally fighting for him. And then it's like, okay, well maybe it's more justifiable than the criticism we've given August who is rallying and doing things just for screen time because she's doing things just to get screen time on behalf of her supporting her son. And maybe that is like, I'm going to come here and do anything I have to do. And it's meta because it's not just to win the game. It's to continue to have a place on MTV when all of my friends, have either quit, not been invited back, or have been canceled from coming back. And mm-hmm. really, it's just her on an island. Now, that's a really good point. Because honestly, if, if she was trying to justify it, like fighting for her son and playing harder, this is like hurting her game by doing this. Like this is creating an enemy in Mich- or recreating an enemy in Michelle that she definitely didn't need to do. But if this is her trying to keep her name character in play, then it's going pretty well. Because at least, you know, she's getting talked about. And I, I'm trying to even remind myself what happened with Michelle, Amanda, and Fessel because, I, like, the the flashback version CBS packaged us was, like, Amanda and Fessel had a thing, and then Amanda left, and then Fessel and Michelle had a thing. But I seem to recall, like, a vacation Fessel and Amanda took after, like, Michelle and Fessel fell out or, like, thought they were something. So I really think... Well, I hated that Amanda said, sorry, Fessel dropped you mm-hmm. when when he saw me. And that's why you hate me, even though I'm the one attacking you and hating you. I do think that was more accurate than what CBS gave us. 
Yeah, because I think they got into it even at reunions, um, or at least a reunion. I think this all happened in between the reunion, filming, yeah, <laughs> in between filming and the uh, reunion. Uh, I think this all kind of came to blows even more. So I don't think they'd be each other. But that that would have been nice to see. But yeah, I mean, I mean, all over Fessel. Like, come on, do better, ladies. Yeah, and and I don't know if like she, you know, Amanda's like hates it like to the extent that there's a shred of like reality here or like authenticity or truth behind amanda's feelings i think it's more like amanda doesn't want to look like she's not over fessel and doesn't want to like attack fessel because then she's like the person who lost the breakup so better to go after michelle on principle but just bad luck bad luck bad luck yeah bad luck and also a bad luck if you're the one who you know turns against your team I don't think you should be missing team meetings when they're reviewing the result of, yeah. oh, who turned against us? I think it's very suspicious if seven of them are in a room and they're like, oh, who's not here? Oh, it's John A. Maybe she's the one who did it. Not not the best look from John A. Yeah, I, I don't know if she had enough of a plan. And fair enough, like they didn't know the votes were going to be revealed at all, potentially. Mm-hmm. Maybe she thought she was casting a vote and it was just going to be one ball comes out. Right. Or, yeah, or just like they don't even, they just say, like, oh, here's 16 balls. Yeah, we, we don't, not going to reveal who. But that's, you know, that's the point I touched on last week. That's why it's like I, I'm very torn about doing these types of moves week one when you don't know how things are going to play out. You don't know, like, the, oh, you can defect the, or deflect, defect from your team. You don't know that would have played a, a role if John A wanted to do that. You know, you just let the first week play out and learn all the rules of the game before. You try to create waves and make big moves and then, you know, do it when you have all the information at hand. Okay, Wes, you got to gather the data week one. Uh, yeah, well, I think the problem with what Wes was talking about is what they all had the data. They, the data was collected, <laughs> it was analyzed, it was put in a PowerPoint and they were ready to go. And Wes was like, eh, maybe like another round of data. We can get a little more stronger analysis. But no, correlation was already there. The only thing we didn't know at that point, right, is they were being told to nominate a man and a woman. And I thought there was a very good likelihood that TJ was going to say, too bad if you voted for a woman, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. It's a men's elimination. So maybe there's like a very shred of an argument that they didn't have every data point. Yeah, which is why I taking a shot of bananas that then end up won't hitting. Yeah, which is why I think it was, I think that maybe Wes was thinking that because then his compromise of, all right, let's just do one strong that but then let's do like a a a newbie male because that way in his mind like oh if it just give me the men's elimination voting in tory is not going to matter she's going to be safe if we can just get in a normal uh rookie male Uh, so maybe in his head in his head that's what he was hoping the outcome would have been egg on his face Mm -hmm. uh an egg on my face because another thing i got wrong from our last pod is like trying to speculate why Desi didn't pick Tiffany when she picked Michaela and like maybe, you know, they're they're not close or whatever. Incorrect. Mm-hmm. Desi, Tiffany, Chanel, the Alyssa's, Michelle, and Michaela all have a very tight, ready to go mm-hmm. coordinated alliance. Kudos to them for including both both Alyssa's makes it a lot easier just to group them together. So you don't have to remember which Alyssa's in, which Alyssa's out. Thank you for them. Maybe that seems like a very strong, I think it was six of them, six women coming together of rallying the votes and getting kind of their story straight of mixing of the different teams, of the different shows. It's a very well orchestrated group 
that, you know, has their eggs in a lot of different baskets. And we get Tiffany like outlining the strategy to Chanel and Desi. And now I think anybody who watched, you know, anybody who watched Big Brother Survivor shouldn't be believing these women. But uh, I mean, believe women, but not in this game, in this context. (laughs) And uh, anybody who watched Desi last season on the Challenge USA shouldn't be believing this. But alas, (laughs) no one likes to not watch the challenge like people on the challenge Mm -hmm. or especially career challenge veterans. So Tiffany's saying, let's emphasize, like, we're just learning the game. Like, we don't really know. And they are hiding in plain sight. And I think they are successfully being underestimated until at least Wes sees, you know, the level of coordination uh, at at the green deliberation. But Mm -hmm. I really think this is a very dangerous alliance for all the best reasons and the best thing to happen to Michelle's game in her entire challenge career. Yeah, great for Michelle. And one of the other groupings that we weren't sure where they were going into, it was Tiffany and Alyssa L. And I think Alyssa was one of, or the second person Tiffany listed as one of her stronger allies. So it seems like whatever beef they may have had going into Challenge USA season one was cleansed, at least on Alyssa's side of it. And now on both sides of it, they're seemingly are pretty close for this season. And, you know, they're able to pick up some of the new people that are coming in for the first time with the other Alyssa Chanel uh, and really form like a very, very strong group uh, to, to, to really run things. Now that's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like I remember in part one, Alyssa saying something like, I'm kind of a free agent and I'm going to see like what comes up here. And it, it does remind me of CBS challenge season one, where the cookout, alums plus Derek plus Alyssa like the cookout alums were counting you know particularly X was counting Alyssa as Mm -hmm. a number and then Alyssa to confessional was like I'm not with them I'm here for revenge and now we get Tiffany saying oh yeah Alyssa's with us and we get Alyssa at least in part one saying I don't really have any allies let me see how see what I see right Uh, now would Alyssa take on the challenge audience on Twitter again I don't know. Move. I wouldn't advise it. If I no. were on her team, I would say, well, why don't you just work with one of the best players in the house who has your back? <laughs> yeah. Especially when, at least for last season, you can rationalize it as like a lot of people were going out, like the cookout people. That was like a, a crew that they didn't want people to get gather uh, <laughs> a larger alliance. So like the, the that was like an easy, you know, fall people to have here is like, this would be turning against the larger group. This would be just like a, a downright bad move for Alyssa to go against this group. It wouldn't really make any sense without seemingly anything else that's really working for her or going for her. Um, so it would be odd for her to turn it against this. At least last season, there was, you know, a larger coalition of people she was able to fall back into and, and work with here. This is, this is the coalition. Yeah, no, that I agree. Uh, but it, if not Alyssa, then it's also like, we see Desi also count Alyssa as part of mm-hmm. the alliance, but you know Desi also got betrayed by Alyssa and Angela's uh, move against the survivor women of season one to work with survivor men. So, you know they're working together. Is it a marriage of convenience? Is it a really strong alliance? Is it just sort of early days, bruv? I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. Yep. And then we get the second daily of the season. Uh, working the polls, very similar classic challenge they've done um, over water heights, 
and you have to you know work your way across a series of poles you know swinging using the momentum to get platform the platform get your full team too large they were too large of teams so they did it in two heats um and the whoever got the most people across the fastest would win good uh, you know they've done these types of challenge like team challenges in the past and then it gets a little wonky when there's numbers that are you know not the same so at least seemingly they're going to try to balance it out because here they had green go the green go twice they have or one women down so they had desi go twice i hope they do that type of thing moving forward where teams aren't fully even just to have people go twice or whatever it might be to even it out because it's it's annoying when one team has a lot more than others so i'm hoping that's a consistent theme but that was the that was the daily for this, this week yeah, I mean, I think it says a lot about me in a negative way that when I saw working the polls, my first thought was like being an election worker um, until Tiffany gave a great confessional about uh, stripping. So mm-hmm. my bad. Um, I, I get what you're saying about making someone run twice. And in a way, it still is a disadvantage, right? Because Desi is, you know, more tired, more gassed maybe than a, a, a fresh team member who didn't participate in heat one. So it still is like somewhat of a downer for the green team, which I think is appropriate. Like, I think you should face mm-hmm. somewhat of a consequence uh, t- for losing a team member. The only thing that irked me a little bit, and I still enjoyed watching it play out. So like, I- I'm really, again, nitpicking negative nitpicking here. Um, I don't love having to break the teams into two teams for two heats. Like, mm. let's see how this team gels. I want to see them work together. I want to see if there's an obvious weak link. I want to see if, you know, Bananas and Polly get into an argument over who's trying to be the alpha of their team. Like, uh, why are we breaking, doing a challenge that only works for, for four people on an eight-person team? Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Um, I, I think there will, will be plenty of other instances down the road where they will together. We'll get to see that play out for this one. I, I didn't think too much of it. Uh, at the time, but I, I could totally understand like wanting to see them all because they could all do this at the same time theoretically. Like, I mean, obviously they wouldn't all be on the the, the polls at the same time, but they weren't all at the polls at the same time when it was you know half the amount of people. So they could have easily just done this all all together. Other than the fact they needed Desi to go twice, but they could have just had her you know once she finishes or falls has to get up and you know swing back around and and do it again. But I, that didn't bother me as much. But I can understand the the issue with it. Yeah, the way I was thinking about it, which made me ultimately like, fine, uh, I get why they did it the way they did it, is like, I think you'd have to have each three total heats where all eight people, like only one team per per go. Mm -hmm. I did think this was successful in that, you know, we got to see sort of a mid-round score update of, okay, green's got a one-person lead, blue's got two scores on the board. How is this going to play out? Uh, and I, I was I was riveted. I was excited when, you know, Red scored two. I'm like, all right, who's going to win? And then Green just absolutely demolishes. Shout out to Desi for getting across twice. Shout out yeah. to TJ for giving Green their flowers. Like, it was kind of mm-hmm. an exciting result. And shout out for to Josh for, you know, living up to my billing of, you know, one of the worst players ever. He got the dodo music as he was slipping and sliding down the pole and falling. Uh, you know. I'm glad that, you know, for at least another week stands true. So shout out to Josh for there. And it was interesting to see like the vets, you know, especially for bananas. Like he's done this thing so many freaking times in his life. You know, it's cool to see him teach and like show him and have him show people how to do it and guide them. And, um, you know, that, that is like the, 
the plus you have from having someone like him and these vets on your team is they've done these things so many times. They know the little extra mechanisms to, to be successful at it. Yeah, that was my first thought when I first saw the challenge. It was like, okay, this is a huge advantage for the vets because, I mean, we did get a long-winded explanation to the audience about momentum from bananas. Mm-hmm. But really, like, this is a challenge that any challenge fan would see and say, like, okay, any vet is going to have an advantage here. And and in a way that a Big Brother vet or Survivor vet or an Amazing Race vet would not have just yeah. from, like, being on reality TV in general. Yeah. Pretty rough quote quote from uh, Tori when Amanda gets across and is super happy with herself. And Tori says she's barely a challenge great, so she has to have to, like, do something right. That's pretty rough. But maybe we're here for Tori's heel role. I, I but see I don't think she looks like a heel by saying that like I think Tori is very lucky that the confessionals come at the same time as Amanda's like horrendous treatment of Michelle in the house like I don't know maybe I'm too immediately like too quick to turn on Amanda here but like that didn't bother me because I just think Amanda over the last two episodes has acted so inauthentic to to borrow from what you said mm-hmm. and just annoying to me that I'm like, yeah, she really isn't a challenge. Great. If she has yeah. to do this kind of shit and she has to like prey upon Michelle, who's already a huge target in the house. Mm-hmm. She's punching down on Michelle in that respect. And so Tori being like Tori who values physical prowess in the challenge too much. And that's Tori's like inability to be like a truly, truly great, well-rounded character on the show because she overly values the competition of it. Mm -hmm. It felt appropriate to me. It did. It also felt appropriate that Amanda was just at a pure peak pettiness, like cheering on Tori as she's slipping and falling. And as she lands in the water, she's like jumping and celebrating, you know, the pettiness for Amanda was off the charts during this entire challenge. But if that felt more authentic than her fighting with Michelle. Yeah, her flipping everyone off when she crosses, like, that's funny to me. Like, that's good, Amanda. Like, and she's just normally better at, I think, uh, channeling it in an authentic, as you said, way. Um, Also, yeah, we didn't talk about this, but when Michelle's ball gets pulled, Amanda could just say nothing and Mm -hmm. strategically enjoy the satisfaction. But she has to, like, cheer outing herself as somebody who voted for her putting a bigger target on her back than is even necessary mm-hmm. uh and it just that's like no sportsmanship from amanda and that you know i love sportsmanship you know sportsmanship and amanda never really go hand in hand that that's not that's not her forte um but this challenge we have to highlight like i know you dogged on josh and it's it's fine mm-hmm. but like we see a lot of people i mean both amazing race guys uh um, Corey, you know, challenge. Well, a lot of people Corey. sucked at it. Yeah, it was yeah, a lot of people like, sucked at it. Tori herself, as you already said, Fessel goes down. Like Pauly goes down. I was very surprised to see such a you know I want to say mm-hmm. poor performance, but like I couldn't even get on the first poll. But right. I, from these kinds of folks, I would assume they would uh, do a lot better. Monty yeah, good for. Down. Yeah, I mean, look, good for like Seabass and and uh, Chris. They both made it across. You know, obviously their first time doing these types of things. Kudos to them. Uh, Dusty, you know, like you you were right completely last week saying Dusty is the Nelson of the season. He is. I mean, he was like uh, eating his popcorn during the Amanda fight. He was saying he couldn't. He was so excited to do this type of thing after watching it for twenty years. So Dusty seems to be just living like his boyhood dream, uh, playing out this entire season. 
Dusty not the only one living out a boyhood dream. Mm. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, which I think we've we've known about, you know, from last week's previews and confessionals. We we both didn't touch it. I don't know if it was intentional or just accidental, subconscious. The Sebastian Tory relationship looming, looming large. Looming. Yeah. Looming like a big matzo ball hanging out there. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's a few relationships that are going to be uh, developing this season, which, you know, that's part of this world. Love to see it. Love to see some single people looking to mingle. Tori said she is single, but not looking to mingle. Seabass, very attracted to Tori's personality. And Yeah, I mean, we're also seeing previews of Alyssa 2 and Tyler. And mm-hmm. look, like, it's giving Jordan dupe. Yeah, Angela dupe like it's like you clone them and something was off in the cloning machine that doesn't mean like bad or worse just like a little bit off mm-hmm. and suddenly you have Sebastian I- I'm not detecting a lot of mutual interest from Tori I think Tori likes to flirt and likes the attention I don't know that she's like we've seen Tori crush before I'm not really buying this no look I'm I mean Tori uh, winner of the challenge Obviously, she's going to be crushing on someone who was nearly winning the Survivor. So the you know the partnership goes it goes hand in hand there. Yeah, I don't. I the one don't that know. I did not see coming, and this is giving like era of Georgia and Josh is Cassidy and Josh might be a thing that like I almost fell off my couch watching. Okay, every new person looks like Alyssa too to me because I had seen like the Tory uh, the the Tyler Alyssa preview. But then when I saw Josh in the hot tub, I was like, is that also Alyssa? And then I literally Googled, like, who is Tyler hooking up with in the challenge, like, next week on? Because I couldn't tell. And there was no answer about Josh. So, okay, that's Cassidy. Very tough to tell. I think so, because I think Cassidy has, in, like, the the season on, a confessional, like, saying, like, something about, oh, like, I like Josh's, like, swagger or something like that. I don't know. But she's, like, into Josh. It's like, I don't know. Georgia dupe. Yeah, I mean, look, also the comparisons there aren't, like, far off. They're both blonde, so they got that going for them. Doop. Yeah, it's it's chilling. It's like, you you know these people so well, you, you live long enough to see them uh, develop a type. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a very specific type. The, the the Jordan one with Emmanuel is the, was the most jarring, for sure. Um, but yeah, a lot of them are very is, similar. Is T-Bass not the love child of Emmanuel and Jordan? Or is Emmanuel not the love child of Jordan and T-Bass. Like, they all look like the cousins. Are they on, like, the Charizard, you know, Charmander trajectory? It's like, this is the evolution from it's Jordan to Emmanuel. It's hard to say that Jordan is the evolved just... form of anyone, <laughs> given his history. <laughs> but in terms of the challenge, like, that would be tough. Would they? Okay. I think, I think, I think Sebastian is the Squirtle, so I think she's taking <laughs> a step back somehow. So Jordan's the most evolved? Oh, no. What does that mean? I mean, Brian, can you name all three evolutions of Squirtle? Because I'll tell you right now, I can. Squirtle? No Googling. No, I'm, I, I'm not Googling. Uh, I don't cheat like that. No, this is pure. Um, Squirtle, I, it's... um. Oh, I, obviously, I used to know how to do this. It's like... Something Rhymes like, with Squirtle? Not really. But it's, like, it's, it, it's something like... The last one's like something like tor, Tordis? It, it, like, <laughs> something... <laughs> Tortis. I don't know. <laughs> the great painter. Tortis. <laughs> what what are the other two? Well, Squirtle, then Wardle. Wordle. War, Wardle. 
And then blast toys, you fool. Blast toys. That's what I was saying. Uh, toys. I knew it was something like that. Always. What you said was tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was like an OISE type situation. I'll have the tortoise. <laughs> okay. That's not even funny. I'm dying. <laughs> Put this up there with the bug. Tortoise. <laughs> All right. Um. Where am I? All right. <laughs> um, Very funny. So they come back. Green wins. Um, so we get the announcement. TJ says you nominate a man and a woman. Very surprised to hear that. But that's what the, the rules state. Um, that was a very funny conversation. They get back and Tori buttering up to Amanda. And this is Amanda again at her pure. Like, this is who she is. She says, let me let me drink a little bit and think about all the horrible things you used to say about me. And then I'm going to decide if I'm going to do it. Like, that's Amanda. Like, do that. That that is where the devil Amanda pure you comes through. And that's and that's like Amanda earns it, right? Because she is in power and Tori, mm-hmm. who's been hating on her, is now groveling. And like that's the kind of like West Bananas banter. That's the banter that yes. flies. Again, they'll sort of like punching down on Michelle, both because she's the one who won the festival of it all, if that's a prize, like. Um, and I don't mean Fessel, I mean like the relationship that ended abruptly. <laughs> like, it's not even right. like she's with Fessel. <laughs> the, vac- the one week vacation fling. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and and Michelle might be the only person this has that has more enemies at the present moment mm-hmm, than Amanda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's what makes the challenge so fun. Is like, can you imagine like Sari being like, let me go drink a little bit, think about the, how mean you've been to me in the Big Brother house, and I'm going to decide if I'm going to vote you in. Like, that's great. But that's what makes the challenge fun. Honestly, I could see her in a certain circumstance. <laughs> So I think Felicia could say that, but maybe that's right. Um, all right. So let's talk about this deliberation because it's fascinating how different, you know, what a stark contrast this yeah. deliberation is, the winning team deliberation was from what happened on the blue side. Yeah, this really is the multiverse where we've seen this basically exact <laughs> nomination ceremony go down many times. But the exact opposite, where instead of like the vet pitching to this group of rookies why they should play it safe and not go after the vet, it's usually the rookie talking to the vets like why you should not play it safe, why you need to go at someone strong and them being shot down. And here, Wes is just he, he gives a lot of he has like his whole you know speech laid out, his whole PowerPoint presentation. And, and Desi just like, yeah, I, or I think it was Michaela's like, yeah, I really don't give a shit. Like, we're not listening to that. We are going after uh, the strong vets here. So. That's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, it's almost like both backs against the wall. Like, it, if we're going to evaluate the arguments made, right? Like, Wes was in a really precarious position because I think we would have seen, like, a Tory do more of, like, a I can't, like, the position you're putting me in, like, I can't, we can't do this. At least Wes tries to sort of make the, this is bad for you guys because they, uh, like this is sort of giving permission to like hurt me like do we 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 should get more information that's sorry mm-hmm. i'm like brain Oop. we should get more information like let's definitely do this like i'm with you but trust me like this could go back to bite you this could hurt us as a team let's wait one more week and michaela like that's a losing argument because their mind's made up but i respect that he like tried something and then the compromise, like based on nothing. I like that he tried. Michaela, I first was pretty impressed with her like quick response of trying to make Wes feel more secure. Like this isn't a shot at vets. 
this is a shot. This is a tribute to how valuable you mm-hmm. are for the team. Like you are the reason that we win. And so we have to neuter the other teams, Wes's, but right. like we still value you. I think where Wes failed to make the next jump and maybe it wouldn't have mattered. So respect that he just moved on is like, but you're giving them permission to do it back to you. So you are going to, if you, if I'm valuable to you, you are going to lose me because you're doing this. Right. No, yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, there was no argument. I think they all, you know, they, they've had this conversation amongst all the group that were in here. Uh, obviously they had the group, you know, the, the six women already out in the other different teams, they've all kind of had this plan in motion. So I don't think there was anything West could do there. I also think it's easier for the green team to be like, okay, let's go after the vets because their vet woman is Amanda. So like, they're probably like, okay, if they lose Amanda down the road, it's like, oh, let's go after the vets. Oh no, don't knock out Amanda. What are we going to do? It's not like they're losing a John A or a Tory from their team or would be one of the strongest on their team. I, yes, they don't want to lose Wes, but they're not going to be too upset losing Amanda down the road if it comes to it. Plus, if they start this war, going back to the point at the top of our episode here, like they have the fewest vets on their team. So if they start the war against the vets, mm-hmm. their allies on the other team are going to have to turn against their own teams. And then no one's looking at green once Wes is gone. Yeah, and they also have a head start of knocking out one of the stronger people. Like if they have to go into elimination, you're knocking out either a John A or a Tory or you know a Bananas or a Corey. Like you're you're getting a head start of not you having to be the one to knock them out. You're already getting the the leg up. And if you win again next week, now you're two legs up of not having the ones to be the people to knock them out. The other side of the coin, you know, the other argument that might have been persuasive here is like, look, you don't have control over who's coming out of the hopper. And you're going to take this shot up in Azentori. But not only is there no guarantee that it hits because only one of them is going to go in. So one person's getting pissed and one of only one of them's going in. Uh, it's not you're just nominating one person who's definitely going in. But then like one of their balls, one of their votes can come out of the hopper mm-hmm. and they can make light work of them. Uh, it ends up working that it's John A. But like now you have a rattled Tory. Like a- any given Sunday applies, but like. 90% of the time, I feel like Tori's coming back <laughs> from this elimination. So, and then you're going to have to face her when she's pissed. Yeah, but you know what? This is the type of thing we've seen, like, with people do with CT. Of like, oh, well, there's no point of voting in CT because you're just going to win. And then, obviously, Tori in the final is not the level of CT in the final. But you still just have to take the shot. You have to take the shot of, you know, putting her against John A. That's, like, probably the best person you could put her in against. Because if it's not this type of physical thing there's a good chance Johnny could win. I think Johnny just drew a really bad draw with this elimination, but in other eliminations, she would have had a very good chance to knock her out along with some of the other, some of the women. So I think they just got unlucky with what this elimination was, but you have to just take the shot. You can't just wait for it to then come to you. And know you're the one going against, against Tori and Hall Brawl and you're, you know, or balls in and you're looking like Amanda did last time. So you just have to take the shot to take the shot and hope you know, not only the ball goes your way, but the elimination choice goes your way. And to be clear, I love this move. Just, mm-hmm. just you know, talking through scenarios. Sure. But I, I think what the women were able to do here, even with the, you know, unknown, the variable of the hopper, mm-hmm. is incredible in week two, episode two. Yeah. <laughs> part, part, episode 1B, <laughs> right. to have the two strongest female veterans go against each other in elimination with very little 
blood on their hands in a way that's going to negatively affect them beyond what they would have already been sitting ducks and get picked up. Like this was the hope for bringing a big quantity of survivor and big brother players together to be on the show. And like, this was the fear of bringing in challenge veterans that we have another season like world champion or Mm -hmm. a fresh meat style season where everyone just kind of defers to the, the veteran alliances in the house. So this was very, very, very exciting and bodes extremely well for the rest of the season. Yeah. And also what really helps is the fact that it is a large team doing this, right? It's not just, you know, two people or one person winning the daily and they're the sole person devoted Tori or John a, and like, they know the heat's coming to them. Like Tori can't get, everyone out like there's like seven or eight people that all voted against her so like she can't target everyone she has to just have her attention on one person at a time so they they all can try to like hide a little bit and not feel the wrath of tori as if it was you know just like tiffany winning this daily and taking the shot at tori or something like that like it's a larger group so it makes it a lot easier to stomach this decision now puts wes in a really interesting position of like his team is clearly, you know, better equipped to mount the offensive, the, you know, the attacks against the veterans. Is he better off long-term throwing the next challenge to the the blue team that is under the control of the vets? And then for how long are they under the control of the mm-hmm. vets? Like how long until uh, Desi's Alliance is able to get into the other, you know, rookies ear? Just seeing this now, emboldened i know wes says seeing tory manhandle john a should strike fear into the hearts of the rookies but pulling this off achieving this coup really should embolden the other vets the other rookies of what's possible yeah especially like thinking like oh well the odds even though each time is probably the same but you would think all right now let's really go after a man here let's let's make wes and or bananas and or Corey, two of those three go in against each other i think they're gonna really try to stack the deck to have it be you know 12 13 balls in the hopper um for one of them with the other one going in so if i had to guess that is where they're really going to push it for episode three of having two of them face off against each other um, Wes then brings Banana as up to speed and clarifies, you know, something we talked about in the preview last week, like where do Wes and Banana stand, you know, reconfirms to the audience that Bananas and Wes are, you know, family and thus working together, although mm-hmm. they'll still do their bits <laughs> for us. Um, but it is interesting how Wes really highlights, like, maybe we thought it was going to be a Big Brother Survivor Alliance. It's really a rookie against veteran alliance and then sort of unclear how the hybrid veterans are going to be viewed by the um women's alliance of rookies plus michelle but uh it makes to me dusty and louise even more valuable to the veterans like we said that last week but like they need to be doing work to pick up fanboy dusty and lewis i have nowhere to go yeah i think dusty should be the prime focus of someone like bananas and west to you know grab hold and you know because he got three votes again this week uh in the hopper so they can easily spin it that he's you know very expendable to this group of like pseudo rookie vets that are, are coming together so i think that's the clear guy that they should really try to pick up and then see if there's any other women that they can try to you know get a hold of that can kind of swing things because now they're the ones that are the underdogs in this situation not not the rookies although i really wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the male votes, the, a lot of the votes for Dusty were the veterans. Like, I don't know how this played out, but maybe not. But I'm like, yeah. who are these votes? I'd love to know. Yeah, so we can get to it. So we got 
Uh, for this this week, there were so the rundown of the votes was Paulie got two, uh, Alyssa L got one, Dusty got three, uh, Worser Alyssa got two, Sebastian one, Corey two, and then Jenna got five. Uh, so by my count, there were ten of the sixteen votes. Ten were on red, which means two people from red flipped on the, their own, and I would assume that would be Michelle and Janelle. I think they voted for John A on their own team. Yeah, no, we we all but know that it was the the alliance of six women who voted for John A, except Tiffany defected, which is then like they're gonna know that they've got a rat, and that's the same reason they voted in John A. And yeah. now I don't think not voting, and I think Tiffany is is not is clean enough to sort of preview like guys. Would you mind if I don't vote John A? We have this relation like. I'm with you, but I can't put my vote there. Like, I don't know how the hopper changes the view on burn votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this completely exposes Tiffany if she doesn't account for it. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, red flags, they're, they're really redding on themselves. They're, they're going after each other hard. You know, not great for their chances of winning. You know, you knock out your own player of John A, who's very, very good. Doesn't increase your chances of winning the next daily. That's for sure. And then if you knock out, you know, bananas after that, it certainly doesn't mean like you're now all of a sudden prime for the picking here. How do you think they're going to handle this now that we're two women down right away? Um, seems a little odd for them to next week be like, okay, well now it's a men's day because you guys can't mm-hmm. be trusted to make this even. Do you think we're going to get a purge at some point that will then be like, okay, if there's more, Men than women, then more men have to go home in this purge. Right. Do you think they would possibly go to a final with uneven numbers of, you know, each gender, and it's fine because they're still competing against only their own gender? I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they just do that where there were more men, or I think there was more men going into a final than women? I think we're not like thirty. Maybe it was one of the challenge USA's, or I think they just did that where. It was uneven going into the final. So I think they would do that again. But I I think they'll at some point do some type of purge or something to try to even out. Or, you know, maybe make one of the balls in the hopper a little bit more, you know, poppy. It's going to pop right out to make sure it's a man's elimination next week. Um, but it would dep- I'm trying to think. I know, like, Horacio was like, I'll go without Olivia. Like, I'll do it on my own. And I'm trying to think like Desi got eliminated because her partner at the level was eliminated. Um, but it does seem familiar. I mean, they've done it with teams, right? Like mm-hmm. where, you know, Sarah and Kellyanne just run the final themselves. Um, oh. So, but yeah, I mean, it does seem like a strange plan for that to be like the goal. Yeah, it's, it's very, I don't even know why they're doing it like this. Just be like this week. It's just, you're voting for a man. Like, I, I don't know why. Yeah, it's I agree. like it would be so much simpler just that every other week it's, it could be either or. And then the week after that, it's the other one. It's the, it's the other one. It just doesn't make sense why they're complicating things so much when there is such a clear, easy way to fix it. I think they like the aspect of the team has to nominate two people and only one of them is going to go in. I mean, they could have them nominate two men and then yeah. just one ball pops out of who it is. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, especially this early on, there's still so many men to pick from, but there's picking from two teams. There's still a good amount left. You can still pick two men. And, you know, everyone's in the hopper voting for the other men and it's still random enough. So and then it's like interesting. It's like, oh, do we want to, you know, pick one target and 
you know, and one, you know, lesser person, and then it determines who goes in. I don't know, but it would create a fun extra layer. Then it just all of a sudden, like, if it's another women's elimination next week, this is now getting absurd. Um, but let's talk about this women's elimination uh, called Maze of Balls. I don't remember what it was called. It was called Drop the Ball. It was Close. basically a 60 round balls in game with a giant Plinko machine. Uh, they would drop different balls. Of one, Some were black, some were silver. Silver ones were worth three points. Black ones were worth uh, one point. Um, so the, the ball drops in through the Plinko, pops out, or you can grab it. And then you fight to drop it in your bin. If it drops to the ground, it's null and void, and you go back to it. Um, and then you battle it from there. I really liked this elimination. I, I think this is probably my favorite like format of the four challenges we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also liked that more balls were coming as you were still fighting. So it's sort of like a decision. Like, do mm-hmm. I let her go put this black ball in because another one's coming down? Um, and, and we really got to see some great physicality um john a going home this early we have to discuss like does this impact her legacy in the modern era of the challenge does it impact her future on the challenge proper does it have no impact where where do we stand with john a well tj says we will definitely definitely see you again so tj was impressed for sure um it's not a great look i think john a you know, we saw it even with the back half right before she uh, had to go home when her partner got injured in uh, the Challenge World Championship. She started to get a little sloppy, cocky with some of her decision making. And I think that spilled over here. I almost wish she got sent home during Challenge World Championships in a true elimination so she could feel like the repercussions of some of her decisions. Because I think she was able to walk away from that season and be like, ah, oh, I had it if you know grant didn't get injured and then it kind of spilled back over here with this uh, this first vote of doing it for Michelle, which felt really not warranted. Although I don't think that really played into her getting limited. I think the, the, the wrath was coming for her anyway. But um, I, I think this has to knock her down a little bit. It humbles her. Um, but I think she just got a really bad draw here. I think there were very few women that would beat Tori in this elimination. Um, I don't think like maybe of, of this cast, Desi would probably be the one that you would think would give her the best chance. But it's hard to imagine really any woman knocking out Tori of this of this group. So it's it's hard to knock her down too much for yeah, I mean, I think I don't think she needs to be humble. I'm not saying you think you're saying she needs to be, but like I don't think she should feel humbled by this. I I was tempted at first to be like, wow, Wes really ruined her game because that rogue vote to Michelle really put eyes on John A. But I find it hard to believe that the six women who sort of got this deal done would have done anything different, even if John A. voted in line with what the red team wanted to do last week. Like any, if she voted for anyone on the green team, I still think Tori and John A would have been the two female targets, given what we've already said about Amanda and she, well, and she was on the winning team. So I don't know that her gameplay with Michelle did any of this. No, it didn't seem um, like it. So, but I do think, right, like John A has been absolutely incredible socially and physically on the All Star season. Is this absolutely, you know, blowout victory from Tori an indication that people who really thrive on all-stars might not be ready to go toe-to-toe with the professional athletes that have become the challenge proper? 
I don't know. I don't think, I think John, I'd be very excited to see John A. Cast on the challenge proper, but I do think it's like a little asterisk of all stars. Isn't the physical battle that the challenge proper is at the present moment. Yeah. Look at the very least, you know, Johnny was very much in the all-star world. She started to branch out with um, world championships to like get herself acclimated with a new group of challengers here. She's getting acclimated with even more group of challengers. So, you know, if she goes to a challenge proper, she's starting to like recreate new connections that, you know, she didn't have as much from being outside of the challenge proper world for so long. So if there's a silver lining, there's that obviously it would have been a lot better for her to last longer in this game to build longer relationships. But at the very least he is connected ish back to someone like a Corey or like Michelle and, and you know, Fessel and some of these other people now to go into another season. You're at least now more familiar with her and kind of gives her at least a step to potentially start working with them. No, it's a good point. And to that point, you know, in terms of like the relationship between John A and Tori at the end of this, and uh, Amanda could take a note from the sportsmanship, like Tori absolutely wrecks John A. And I, I almost feel like some of the confessionals are making it like, oh, wow, like Tori's really sort of stepping out of line here and like betraying her friendship with John A. Like Tori, in my opinion, unless John A comes and, t- and tells me otherwise, and I'm happy to listen to someone who was there, like, played completely within the bounds of the challenge and did exactly what she was supposed to be doing mm-hmm. to win this challenge. Um, but then immediately with like the good game and the, you know, the hug between them, I think was a really, you know, difficult thing to do when you've just played with that level of intensity to then mm-hmm. hug it out and, and show that level of respect and sportsmanship. And then I like Tori's line. I don't think Tori was ever going to defect to the red team in a million years. But I like that she was like, I see how you treat your female vets. Like, I, I thought she, like, earned that little that little mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I did not think Tori did anything out of bounds. I think if she was doing anything, you know, too much. I think we've seen TJ and production step in of, like, if people – in, like, a balls and even. If people are doing things out of bounds that they shouldn't be doing, they'll redirect it. And Tori's a very physical player. Like, she, you know, she also won't embarrass someone. Like, she took it, you know, when, they, when she was – I think it was balls in against Amanda – like she manhandled her, but she also didn't like embarrass her. And I think she treated John A as if she was as she should, like a top top player. And she has to give like all she can to win. I think by the end of it, she did start to back off a little bit when it was in hand. But at the beginning, like Tori needed to go all out. John is a top player. You don't know how she's going to handle, and maybe she has like a different trick up her sleeve to do this one super well. So I do not fault Tori, even in the slightest, of you know giving it everything she had for this one. And here's the thing with Tori, you know, like unlike some great social players, and I'm not saying Tori doesn't have a decent social game, but I think it's not her greatest strength at the at least in the last few seasons, honestly. But um, I mean, she's got a great social game with her people, mm-hmm. and those are her people. Um, but she, because she comes from the school of Jordan, is not afraid to go in every elimination. That's what it takes, and it yep. fuels her. Like so you mess with the wrong one. Like in a way that I love that they did, Tori will go into every single elimination if it comes down to it and, and keep that same energy 10 eliminations from now. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And she's, she's scary. Also, yeah, she is. And she's also, I think the fact that she won again, I think it is very freeing for you where it's like, all right, you already have your win for a season. So it's not like as life or death to get knocked out in elimination midway through or near the end. Like you have your win, you're you feel more 
you know, substantiated in this show, it does allow you to play more free than some of these other people that might be trying to make a name for themselves and are desperately trying not to get knocked out week three, week four, week five. And she's like, screw it. I will go in every single time and I will knock out every single woman and then win the final. She can do it. And if you're already getting, you know, upset here, it doesn't, it's not to say that Tori can't still make the final, but yeah, you are, you're not worried about upsetting relationships because enough people in the house already conspired to get you in. So it's like, all right, I'm not playing with house money. I'm going to have sort of like a Tony approach where like, I'm not afraid to get voted out and I'm not playing scared. And not only did I survive the elimination, but I survived it against one of the most recent, the recent, like more winning women in challenge, uh, Mm -hmm. recent challenge history. I thought you were dropping a Tony Reigns reference on me. I was like, when did Tony want to do that? But no. It was giving Tony. Do you think Sebastian's that Sebastian's I very, 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 very much like your personality or whatever is the new wait, 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 wait. There were a lot of varies in that sentence. I didn't know where like I didn't know what the adjective was going with the varies, but yeah. Personality was the choice. Well, I'll give a few varies. I'm very, 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 very excited. are we authorized to announce this? I think we are that Rob will be doing exit press this season. Yes, we'll have exit press, seemingly with um, both John A and um, oh my God, this is bad. We just got knocked out last week. Amira, Amira, John A and Amira. Uh, I think both of them uh, will be together at Exit Press. I'm gonna. Ch- I, I, Rob's definitely doing it. I did it with him last year. It was a lot of fun. I'm gonna try to do it again this year. No promises, 100, percent but I would definitely try to be joining as well. Um. I'm probably more able to join this year and I'm probably not going to. So, uh, but you never know. Um, is there anyone that, is there anyone that you're like, all right, this person's got me like Wes, would you do the West exit press? I mean, it's so funny, but I have, it's like, I go to like the survivor know-it-alls events. I have mm-hmm. no, I don't talk to any of the right. survivors. Like I don't have the interest. I'd mm-hmm. probably be weird and embarrass myself. And I also don't want to make it like, we're being choosy about like right, who right, we right. show up for and you know just they have to deal with rob and we don't want to show up <laughs> to, to be honest i would love to do it with all of them right um but i don't consider myself worthy how about that right. there you go there you go uh and that's true i said it like it wasn't true but it is and now i continue to say it like it's not true but it remains true love to see it <laughs> but that's something that's- else i was going to tell you but now i forgot Save it for next time. Too prop from here. What was it? Shoot. Mm. Exit press. Who cares? It'll come back. It'll come back. We'll save it. Put it in the the Google sheet for next week. Um, Oh, perfect. That's what it was about. Because I gagged that you forgot Amira's name. Because yeah. inside baseball, Brian and I discussed last week that he's like all proud of his new system. He's using Google Docs. He's like, keep his notes <laughs> week to week. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Uh, I wouldn't, my notes are not organized enough where that would be helpful. He's like, no, no, we always want to like refer back. And now I'll be able to like go back. Does he remember the woman who was eliminated <laughs> at the beginning of this episode? Well, because the problem is <laughs> I scrolled up to the end of the episode one notes and I couldn't find it. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Because she got eliminated to start this episode. So. Even my notes aren't the great. System fails. System episode fail. two. <laughs> Enter the code for 15, 16, 23, 42. Reset it. Not great. All right. That's it. Yeah, what else is there? That's it. That's it. I don't know. You can subscribe at Rob's Rob has website.com slash challenge feed. You'll follow me on Twitter and TikTok at Cohen Brian underscore. I think we mentioned it last time, but um plan is for 
Big Brother, I think, will be on. I'll be on. Maybe both of us will be on. Working on schedules on the Wednesday episode this coming week after the veto ceremony that week, that episode. We'll go cross collaboration with Big Brother and uh, the challenge here. You just do you call up a hairball? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, speaking of audio issues, ap- apologies and thanks for everyone for bearing with my audio the last two episodes and probably all of last season. Um, I am working on it if it's helpful for people. Oh, have you ordered the new headset? I did, uh, but it's not coming for a little bit. Oh, Hopefully yeah. by next podcast. Okay. Uh, where could they follow you? Follow me at Lash Tweets. Uh, we we did drop. Two episodes of New Girl Old Guy in a row. Wow. I don't know if this coming week we'll have a new episode. We catch up at anchor.fm slash new girl old guy. In our last episode, Brian, um, I did call you out for, for snitching on me in one of your earlier TikToks. Oh no. I haven't listened yet. Oh boy. I got a, I got a couple in my queue, but I got I'm an alley last year completist, so they, you don't have to listen. To I just told you the the punchline. Oh, I, like, I got I got to hear the full context. I'm like, anytime if you like if someone tells me that I'm I'll do a snitch. It, if someone says <laughs> I'm, I I think I mentioned anything about me. If I mention a podcast, I will listen to said podcast. Do you remember which TikTok I called you a snitch that I said you snitched on me about? Because I remembered I, immediately and was able to go to the TikTok. The podcast that I snitched on you about. No, no, the TikTok you snitched on me in. I snitched on you in. Um, no, I don't. You tagged Olivia in oh, yes, yes, podcast yes, yes. where I was like talking about how she's like a man chaser and she was known for that on Levada. Yes, 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 yes. Is that the, that's not the one she reshared, right? Did she reshare one no, of No, because I lost my marbles and you un you un oh, yeah, yeah, her immediately. Got it, got it. But she did I think she reposted one of mine. I'll Maybe say she, this. Your TikToks improved quickly. This was one of your first like five TikToks. Yeah, they were really you, bad. Not that they're it great. It wasn't now, great. But not that Unclear great why now. you clipped that that segment. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I probably was trying to figure out how to clip the post. I was like, ah, screw it. Let me just do this one. <laughs> so but they will be more. There will be more. I thought, like, you know, what's so funny? Sometimes my the TikToks on TikTok do as they should better than when I just like post them on Twitter. The one I did about Jared did infinitely better on Twitter, and I thought that was a real winner, and it was going to smash on TikTok, and it did not. Sometimes you just don't know how the algorithm is going to work. It's very odd. I do think Big Brother is really a Twitter space. I think so, probably too. because of like the Twitter audience. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Big Brother audience is a bit older. Yeah, people are searching the live feed results, so they search the hashtag, so this comes up. It definitely plays more to to Twitter. There's no better medium for Big Brother coverage than, than Twitter. Hmm. Not even Threads or X. R.A.P. Threads. All right, we'll be back uh, next time. Until then, have a good one.